Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is focusing on your EQ. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as always is Jeff East with The Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric, and everyone listening. So, Jeff, focusing on your EQ. I thought we were always supposed to be focusing on our EQ. Well, yeah, but we don't always do it like we should. Oh. <laughs> so, tell me, what uh, kind of prompted this idea of focusing on your EQ? Uh, there's a group of us that meet every Sunday night. It's kind of a combination of a home church and a, a book club. And right now, this really doesn't have anything to do with it, but we're doing the Book of Joy that was written by, or written about an interview between the Dalai Lama and uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu hmm. about about joy, which I think that'll probably end up being a podcast down the road. But okay. in the discussion, we, we just take a section of the book and we discuss and, and we started talking about reframing and looking at things differently. And uh, I started thinking about that back when I was in high school, many, many years ago, I ended up, I guess it was a combination of a photo, a photography club, and mm -hmm. the the picture or the uh, photographers for the new, you know, yearbook and all that. So, got really interested in that. And this was well before there were any automatic cameras. It was all film, so you had to do everything manually. There I mean, was, I need to stop you, Jeff, okay. um, because everyone out there, uh, Jeff started this when he was five. Just want to make sure that's out there. <laughs> Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> but anyway, if you've ever used a totally manual film camera, you have to look at a lot of different things. And, and I started thinking about that with what we were talking about. Then I started thinking, you know, this really 
uh, ties into emotional intelligence and making sure that we're staying on task with what we really want to do with our EQ. Hmm. And uh, I just started thinking of the different aspects of it, about the different steps you had to go through to, to be able to take a decent, totally manual uh, picture and what you really needed to understand with what you were doing. Well, there's a certain beauty in that too, Jeff, right? Because, you know, today we take a photo and it's like in a second, there it is. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of maybe some editing tools that we may have on our phone or something. Yeah. But this kind of resonates too, because I think the idea of having to spend time on our EQ, Mm -hmm. is that kind of one of the directions we're heading? Yeah, you, you, exactly. You, you had to think it through. It kind of sort of set your camera up for kind of a general thing, but you would not get the best results in it. Most of the time, it didn't work that well that way anyway. So you actually had to, yeah, actually take the time to think about what you were doing. And you actually had to really think about it because you did not get instant results. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm probably the worst photographer, even with an iPhone. And I keep telling myself, I I need to learn how to get better at taking (laughs) photos with with the iPhone, right? So I'm about ready to go in a direction that I really don't know a lot about. I know the terms. Um, but you being a photographer, it'll probably make total sense to you. I want to kind of get a sense from you about this idea of of the aperture and an f-stop. The aperture f-stop is on on a camera. It It's what regulates how much light is coming into the film or in a digital camera into the, the sensors that actually record the image. In most cameras, it's actually a mechanical thing that opens and closes. It can limit you know, how much light is coming in, how much information you're getting. Or you could have it open all the way and you're getting a lot of light or a lot of information. And I think sometimes when we're dealing with the emotional intelligence, we tend to limit how much that we're taking in, whether it's our own emotions that we're feeling or the emotions of the people around us. And then on the other side of that, there's sometimes we become overwhelmed because we're too open and not really thinking about it. Mm. And I think sometimes that's where we get the result, uh, you know, uh, reaction instead of a response, instead of what we really want as a result. Okay. That's really, um, that's interesting. Because I know that everyone has, and and, and I, I would dare say the, the vast majority of times is because of some wounding that we p- potentially would not want that mm-hmm. all to be unsurfaced, right? Because yeah. quite frankly, maybe we don't know what to do with it, right? Right. Is there is there some mechanism that you would say, is there something that a person can kind of look at and go, how do I how do I open it up to see the things that maybe I wouldn't necessarily want to see? You know, that that's tough, Eric. I wasn't thinking you would ask that kind of a question. So I think we need to just be aware. I can't think of anything better than that. Mm-hmm. Just just pay attention. You know, one of the competencies that we talked about in one of the earlier podcasts is emotional literacy, yeah. which is, you know, what am I actually feeling? Mm-hmm. Or what is that person that I'm I'm talking with or interacting with, what might they feel? And then use that as the, uh, as maybe the filter of the thing to adjust that aperture. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're feeling fearful, you know, that, that emotion of fear is telling you you need to pay attention so you might need to look around a little bit more as well, an since, example 
I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, since I threw you a slider and you weren't <laughs> expecting it, I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to throw myself one, and maybe it, it'll it'll allow you to okay. to help. I at least fouled it off. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you got connection. So, and, and I would say for our audience as well, we're not here from a clinical basis to to diagnose or to treat. We're talking about those areas where you're on solid ground in life. Maybe you're you're functioning well and are able to kind of explore in, in ways that are healthy. And if you find yourself you're not in that place, that's a whole different manner. And, and we would highly recommend you reaching out to, for professional help. So, Jeff, when you talked about, you know, the things, uh, or I mentioned about things maybe you would prefer not to see, and you, you talked about pay attention to what you're feeling mm-hmm. and, and the emotional, uh, enhancing emotional literacy. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I was probably about 11, I was in an auto accident with my dad, and, and he was drunk. And it was obviously very traumatic because, you know, hitting a guardrail and all that happened that led up to it and, and what happened after. So there was many years after that where, you know, I, well, number one, I wouldn't get in a car with someone who had been drinking, but just the apprehension sometimes. I, I would even feel it at times being in the same area if whenever I passed that area where the accident happened. Over time, you know, with some help, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing, I got to a place where it wasn't as traumatic or it wasn't something that I looked back on with such a negative energy or a fearful energy maybe is the better way of saying it. But your point about what am I feeling mm-hmm. was really key. Right. Because all of a sudden it wasn't like, oh, no, here we are in this area. It was like, OK, I, I know where this comes from. Maybe this is the recognizing patterns. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I, I know where this is coming from and I know what it is that I'm I'm feeling. I know what emotion is going through me. Let me maybe apply some consequential thinking. Right. And, and, and those kind of things, mm-hmm. because we've talked before about the importance of this sort of all these competencies working in concert together exactly to move us forward in a positive way, right? Mm-hmm. So with that, um, w- was that a good description? I, I gave you the event and, and talked about yeah. some of the pathway. Yeah, I think that's that's a very good way to look at it. If you're, you've got a lot of the information coming in mm-hmm. and you know that that information can trigger this, that's the recognizing patterns. And if you can recognize the patterns, then you can respond the way you want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this idea about exposure time you know and again i i mentioned something that you know it happened many many years ago mm-hmm. and i'm in a place where i've healed from those wounds there are obviously some that we haven't healed from do you think this process can apply and and kind of take us back into that the the, the photo approach okay this, this aperture f1 did i say it right f1 i'm, I'm thinking of uh what do you call racing? Yes. Uh, the f-stop. F-stop, yeah. um, And exposure. Can you kind of talk a little bit about it from that perspective? Yeah, with, with the uh, exposure. The, the exposure is basically how long is the lens open to mm. allow the light in. So, okay, in that situation, could that be that, I mean, because I know, and again, I'll, I'll go back to my personal experience. Earlier on, it was like, oh, I don't want this. I got to go. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, I got to go. So my exposure time was was very limited right impacting the quality of the photograph that would be taken right now it it can be that that exposure time needs to be ah could be enough you're exposed to that 
you know, in the case of a piece of film, mm-hmm. that piece of film gets what it needs to produce a picture. Yep. That exposure, emotional exposure, could be what your brain needs the information. So it might be just a, you know. Right, because you don't know if you've got a good photo until you've actually seen the final. Right. And you might look at that photo and go, you know what, I think I need a little less or a little more or something like that. Right. Is that kind of where you're going? Yeah. In, in, the, in the age of digital, it's, it's much easier. You just look at the back of your camera or your screen or your phone. Right, right. But, you know, back when it was filmed, you had to finish to the role. Yeah, and then develop and all that, yeah. right? And that's okay. that's, a, that's a whole other aspect I can get into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can. But, yeah, uh, the exposure is, you know, if, if there is something that we really, really need to be seeing, feeling emotionally, mm-hmm. but it's uncomfortable, we may shut that lens down or shut that hypothetical lens in your brain and not really see what we need to see so we can shut it down and you might only get that triggering image instead of the whole image Hmm. you know what is it that is really really going on it appears that it's something that might harm me or something that's going to dredge up bad memories right but it could be not really what it is so you you know need to take the time to allow that information Mm-hmm. to get into your brain. Gotcha. Because we're real good at shutting things off that we don't want to be involved with. Yeah, uh, that's very, very true. So what role, or shifting a little bit, what impact does the idea of focus have in in, in this regard? Okay, when you're doing manual focus on mm-hmm. a camera, yep. you actually have to turn the lens or, or whatever, you know, depends on what kind of a camera it is, mm-hmm. to get the to get the subject that you want a picture of mm-hmm. clear so you can actually see it real well. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it's going to be blurry. It's not going to give you a good image of, of what it is you want to see. You might even be focusing on a wrong thing. Yeah. It might be something in the background or the foreground that's a different distance from you mm-hmm. that is actually going to be in focus. And I think when we're dealing with the emotions, we need to really try to focus on that emotion, go back to that emotional literacy again, yep. and really, really, really listen to what it's telling us. That, okay, I'm fearful. What is really causing that? Let me really look into that. Is it something I really, really need to be atten- uh, paying attention to now because it is something that can cause me harm of whatever way it, you know, it could be physical harm, it could be emotional harm, whatever, mm-hmm. or am I seeing it just a little bit and not really paying attention to it? And it could be not what that is. You know, this Jeff is, makes me realize, and, and we've talked about this in some of our work with, with our clients, you know, this idea that you have to be willing to put in the work, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to really think as, um, as you're describing this is that I think we also need to put in there that you're worth the work. Oh, very much, very much. If you're taking a picture, you're doing it because you want to have that image. Mm-hmm. You want to have that result because it's something that's important to you. And your emotional intelligence is the same way. If you really want your emotional intelligence to be in a place where it's actually helping you yep. and letting you make the good decisions, letting you, you know, interact with people the right way. Being healthy. Being healthy that way. Yeah. It's going to help you. Yeah, and it's 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 a worthwhile thing to hang on to that image that you take a picture of. Yeah, because um, you know, I, I I think about it the times you know, Jeff, and I I know even in my own life, you know, we hear this idea: you got to practice, got to work, got to got to you know, you get what you put into it, on and on and on. But I, I do believe if 
just in my gut, there's probably a number of people out there who maybe suffer with feeling like they're worth that. And, and I, audience, whoever you may be, whoever you may be, wherever you're listening, um, you, you are worth it. I think by the sheer fact that you have breath going through your lungs indicates as a human being, you're worth the work. This is not about, uh, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. This is not a contest, right? Nobody, oh, no. nobody's grading you on whether or not you, you put enough focus on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, this, this picture, this emotional intelligence picture is for you and it's the result that you want is what's important. Mm. Because in the end, you know, we talk about the idea of this, the definition of emotional intelligence being the blending of thought and emotion to make optimal decisions. Exactly. And in the end, right, making good decisions is what we all want. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anyone that wakes up in the morning and says, boy, this is a good day to make some really bad decisions, right? I've had days where I probably, after I look at it, would think, well, maybe that's what I really intended to do today, but that's <laughs> right. not because what I wanted. Because of the result, right? Yes. <laughs> boy. Right, right. So there's this idea about reframing and perspective. You want to open that up a little bit? Yeah, when you're when you're taking a you know picture, the first thing thing when you see that image might not be the right angle or the right distance or whatever mm-hmm. from that picture to get it. So you need to, you know, move around a little bit. Maybe maybe if I'm taking a picture of uh, a statue, yeah, in a park, yep, and, and I'm I'm looking at to make that a really cool picture is to maybe walk around to the other side and maybe maybe from that angle that's going to be better and the background's going to be better or maybe i want to kind of kneel in front of it so it's kind of looking above so you you reframe it or you look at the perspective of it to to get it the way you want it to be so you have to move around to do that you just can't do that standing still so jeff have you ever been to an arboretum the um, those places where you know they're typically you can find Japanese gardens oh, yeah. and all that kind uh-huh. of thing. I remember this was back it's maybe a year ago because it, it just came to me as you were mentioning about changing the angle, refocusing. I took a photograph of uh, this beautiful scenery of flowers and it was kind of a close up and I thought, man, these colors are so vibrant. Mm-hmm. I just took the shot and then later on I'm looking at it and there was a monarch butterfly in the midst of all those flowers. And I didn't even, it didn't even register to me until seeing that photo, right? And I I think about how many things can we or do we miss in our focus that maybe are maybe closer than we think? Yeah, I think we do that. You, and that's where you know, perspective or reframing, if you if you would have seen that butterfly, even mm-hmm. though that was probably a very, very beautiful picture, if you would have noticed it, you might have moved a little bit or, or changed, you know, what you were doing right. to make it even a cooler picture. And it's the same way with when we're dealing with our emotions. You, there's times that you need to look at it from a different aspect, reframe it, mm-hmm. um, just think it through differently. What What is really going on here? When I'm looking at it this way, I don't really like it. I'm not paying attention to everything. But if I kind of maybe look at it from a you know a little bit further to the right or to the left or whatever, mm-hmm. you go, okay, this isn't really what I thought. This is not. I'm not. You know, it's not going to just be what I thought it was. It's going to be something completely different. Yeah, and I I think about this, uh, Jeff, and I go back to that idea about 
the work and the practice part and the things that we have to do to get better at this um, because we know that emotional intelligence is a learnable skill, right? And in my head, as I'm listening to you talk, I, I, I'm, I'm struck by I'm struck by our society and its uh, lack of desire to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this, you know. If if there's a tailgate party and somebody needs to bring a generator, everybody's raising their hand. And if somebody needs to bring some certain food or or a different type of vehicle, everybody's like all in, right? And then when we say, "Hey, how much time have you spent on you?" It's that eerie embarrassing silence. And I, I just want to reiterate it. I don't want to beat it to the, to the ground, but you're worth spending some time and maybe you're not going to spend an hour in a, in a pristine room in silence, but maybe you'll carve out 10 minutes in the morning each day to kind of evaluate what's your focus. What, how are the photographs looking? What are you seeing? Take a walk with your dog. Yeah. And make it purposeful, mm-hmm. you know? And I know the great irony is, Jeff, right, is that if we don't work on ourselves, that does lead to a bad outcome. I yeah. mean, it does, right? We we work on ourselves, and I don't want to make it sound this wrong way, but the superficial things, like it's all about losing weight. I need to lose weight, and I'm losing weight because I need to for my health. Yep. That's going to make me feel better. But if I'm losing weight only because I think people are going to think less of me. Yeah. You know, I want to present that image. And it's the same thing with a lot of things that we we do superficially, whether it's the kind of car we drive or whatever. Those are the things that we work on that really don't have any effect in the the deep down what's in your heart and soul. So how do these things kind of all come together and work toward creating this clearer picture or clearer picture? All right. the, The best way to describe it in... In photography terms is using depth of field. Hmm. Depth of field is an interesting thing. It's where you have a certain part of the picture in focus, where the background or the foreground might not be. And what you want, you've all seen pictures in art galleries or whatever, where maybe there's a, a flower that they're taking a picture of and it's in sharp focus. Mm-hmm. And in the background, you can see the background, but it's not in focus so that you look at that flower. The idea of using depth of field is to draw attention to what you want other people to see in the picture. Mm. And you use depth of, the way you use depth of field is, is you combine pretty much all those things that we just talked about. To get good depth of field, you do have to have the aperture of the camera open so you're seeing a lot. There's a lot of light coming in. So that means you have to use a fairly fast exposure rate because there's a lot of light coming in. And then the aperture needs to be kind of open too and then then you use the focus to get where it is so mm-hmm. when we're t- dealing with you know this these things we need to use all these things we just talked about emotionally so that you can focus on what is the important thing that needs to be uh, worked on experienced mm-hmm. at the time so practically speaking i'm going to give just a few examples and maybe you can tell me if they apply um it's that issue of your spouse calls you at 1030 in the morning saying, we really need to talk about our fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a doom and gloom phone call. It could be a vacation. It could be, you know, whether or not 
you know, who's going to do what for Christmas or whatever it is, you know, that kind of thing. It could also be that conversation with a, with a coworker uh, that maybe it's a difficult conversation, right, that has been put off. But now it's time and, and you know it. In those senses, that's when the person could potentially apply right. what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, you can do all those things so that if if I'm if I'm having a discussion that's a, a really important discussion like with you, Eric, yeah, I want to make sure that I've adjusted myself mm-hmm. to be able to focus just on you and all this other stuff is kind of blurry and fuzzy around the edges, but I see you yep. crystal clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And it's the same with the situation. If I'm confronted with the situation, I want to be able to focus on that situation. So I need to adjust myself so that all these other things aren't, aren't are making it impossible just to see that. And I know that's extremely hard to do. But I think that's one of the ways that we can really use our emotional intelligence to make those good decisions. Well, I think you just hit on something there, right? If if I'm just firing away taking photos, just I, I got to get it done. I got to mm-hmm. get it done. I got to do it. I got to go. I got to do it. I got to be. You got to on and on and on and on. Well, it's very difficult for us to call on the competencies we need when we're moving at such a clip and such a frenetic pace, right, that we don't really – well, wait a minute, I could have used that competency of recognizing patterns. Oh, wait, I, this would have been a time when I, my literacy. Does that make sense? Yeah, what I just what popped in my head is if you've ever seen, you know, like the pictures that they took back during the Civil War, mm-hmm. like if somebody was sitting for a portrait or whatever, yep. was it Matthew Brady did all those amazing pictures from the battlefields. Right, right. Well, they had those big boxy cameras that were on a tripod mm-hmm. and they had the black cloth that the guy would stick his head under and they had a big glass plate. You really, really, really needed to pay attention to what you were doing because you didn't have very many of those glass plates and you didn't know what it was going to look like until, you know, who knows when. Yeah. You know, as an example, you've seen the picture of the Wright brothers' first flight. Mm-hmm. Yep. They didn't know they had that picture until they got back to Dayton. Oh, wow. They handed the camera to the people that came to help them on that, that yeah. day were mm-hmm. people from a Coast Guard rescue station. They handed, which I think it was their own camera. They made cameras and stuff, too, or plates, whatever. But they handed it to this Coast Guard guy and said, push this button. They had no clue mm. that they had that picture until they got back to Dayton, however long it was for then, but it was worthwhile. They got the picture they wanted. Yeah, boy, Jeff, that's really, really good, and that's uh, that's a great way of summing up what we're talking about today. We have a special offer for our listeners today as well. Really excited about this. What you need to do is email us at info at Spirit of EQ to receive a free copy of a white paper called Success Factors and Emotional Intelligence. When we get your email, we'll get that turned around to you and sent. Since I always forget something, these will be in our show notes as well, the directions on what you need to do to get these. And with that, Jeff, I think we've come to the end of this episode. It's great to see you as always. I hope everybody's new year is starting off great. Thank you for listening. Yeah, take care. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. 
Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. We have a special offer for our listeners today as well. Really excited about this. What you need to do is email us at info at Spirit of EQ to receive a free copy of a white paper called Success Factors and Emotional Intelligence. When we get your email, we'll get that turned around to you and sent. Since I always forget something, these will be in our show notes as well, the directions on what you need to do to get these. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All right. But but still, we want your feedback. We want your feedback. But it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.